1: We are live here at Petco Park. Final score in the series opener between the Giants and the Padres. Giants 7 and the Padres 2. Sam Levitt with you inside the loft here at the Western Metal Building at Petco Park as we wrap this one up. Our post-game coverage. A lot to do. We'll hear from Padres manager Bob Melvin. Have all the radio highlights for you. Recap this one in its entirety. We'll give out our nightly awards, full out-of-town scoreboard, and much, much more to get to. A tough evening for the Padres. Padres and a game that really got quite out of hand early. San Francisco scoring six runs in the third inning, a messy defensive inning for the Padres. They committed three errors in this game. Two in that third inning that uh, really set up a big inning for the Giants. A home run by Mike Yastrzemski in the fifth inning. Made it 7 nothing. Padres able to get a couple back in the eighth and the ninth. One apiece in each of those innings. But the Padres did not have a base hit in this game until there were two outs in the fifth inning. But again, uh, the big story here tonight. Uh, the six-run third inning. Just to give you an idea, Pedro Avila on the mound in that third of the six runs scored in that inning. Five of them were unearned. So it kind of tells the story there about the defense here tonight for the Padres. And with the defeat, Padres dropped to 62 and 73. They are a season low, 11 games below 500. they They've dropped three in a row. Giants, meanwhile, 70 and 64, and they continue to hold on to that final wild card spot in the national league so we'll come back bob melvin all the radio highlights recap this one tell you how it went down and much much more to come as the padres fall in this series opener of a four-game set the final Giants seven padres two post-game coverage continues when we return on the padres radio network Our post-game show continues here on the Padres Radio Network. Final score here tonight, Giants 7 and the Padres 2 in the opener of this four-game series. Sam Levitt with you inside the loft here at the Western Metal Building at Petco Park as the Padres have now lost three in a row the final two games of their series in St. Louis and the opener of this four-game set against the Giants, albeit uh, really different kinds of games, what they had in St. Louis, having leads late in those games, and then here today, it was all about that six-run third inning for San Francisco. They would not look back, going on to win it 7-2. to A lot to do here in our post-game coverage. We'll hear from Padres manager Bob Melvin coming up in just a few minutes, so stay tuned for that. We'll also revisit some of the things that were said at Petco Park earlier today. We'll hear from you Darvish, uh, get the update on his elbow. Obviously, he was put uh, on the IEL a handful of days ago with right elbow inflammation, so we'll uh, hear the update again from Bob Melvin and from you Darvish on uh, the status of his elbow and what's going on with all that. We uh, played it earlier during the pregame, and I'm sure Jesse and Tony may have touched on it during the game as well, but uh, we will revisit that here from Fernando Tatis Jr., what he had to say earlier today, because as I mentioned during the pregame, I thought he had some interesting comments uh, earlier today inside the Padres clubhouse but we also will break down this one san francisco seven san diego to the final let's find out how it went down
0: let's go through the biggest moments from today's game with our game highlights presented by the new el cajon ford commercial service center servicing all Fords up to f750s and motorhomes the Giants
1: loaded the bases against Pedro Avila in the top of the first inning, but they did not score. There was a throwing error by Manny Machado in that inning as well. I mentioned the error because those would become a major story in this game. It was a, uh, still a scoreless game going to the top of the third. Lamont Wade Jr. reached on an error by Matthew Badden at first base, a sharp ground ball that Badden couldn't handle. Tyro Estrada then singled with one out. It was Jock Peterson.
2: Peterson swings, lines it into left center field. That's a base hit. Ways rounding third on his way. Soto, Soto slides to cut it off. Throw goes into second base. That'll hold Peterson to a single, but it's an RBI single, and the Giants take a
1: 1-0 lead here in the third inning. Giants were just getting started. Mike Yastrzemski was next. This is a line drive into center field and a base hit.
2: Estrada will score from third, walking in. And back-to-back RBI singles by Jock Peterson and Mike Yastrzemski have made it 2-0 San Francisco.
1: Then J.D. Davis had a ground ball to third. Manny threw it to first, a touch wide, and into the runner, but the ball hit Batten's mitt, rolled away. Peterson scored from second base on the play. It was 3-0, another error at first base on Matthew Baden. There were still runners on first and third for Wade Meckler because he had to reach over the line. Meckler
2: drags a bunt up the first baseline. Avila's got it. Flips to Kim, not in time. Good bunt, great wheels. And another run for the Giants as Yastrzemski comes in
1: on the squeeze. 4-0 San Francisco here in the third. Blake Sable then came up, chopped one towards the middle that Hassan Kim couldn't field cleanly. It bounced into left center. Another run scored. It was ruled a double. Kim probably would say that he should have made the pick tough play for Kim. It was a double. Casey Schmidt then hit a sack fly to make it 6-0. All in all, six runs against Avila in the third as 10 men came to bat. Only one of those runs, like I said earlier, was earned against Pedro Avila and a very messy defensive inning, to say the least, for the Padres. That was it for Avila. Jacob Junis pitched four no-hit innings for the Giants in his start. In the top of the fifth inning, Matt Waldron entered for San Diego. The first batter he faced was Mike Yastrzemski. He had a Home run to left, it was seven nothing Giants. Padres finally got their first hit of the game against Sean Manaya in the bottom of the fifth inning. A two-out single for Matthew Batten. Padres stranded two in that inning. Padres loaded the bases against Manaya in the sixth inning. They did not score. They got two on with nobody out against Manaya in the seventh inning. They did not score. Meanwhile, Matt Waldron, a real bright spot in this game. He just ate up innings to score the sixth inning, a score of the seventh inning. Same thing in the eighth. Waldron would go five innings and give up just one run in this game. Very well done by him. Padre still trailed, 7-0 going bottom eight. Juan Soto walked. Fernando Tatis Jr. singled. Garrett Cooper stepped in with two men away. One and one. Cooper swings, lines it sharply, fair down the left field line. That'll get the first run of the night home as Soto scores from third base. Fernando hustles into third, and Cooper standing at second with an RBI double. That's all the Padres got in the bottom half of the eighth inning. They still trailed 7-1, going bottom nine. They would get a one-out double from Jose Azokar. Hassan Kim stepped in against Giants reliever Scott Alexander.
2: Azokar in third, one-out, 1-0. Kim hits it hard on the ground the other way. Diving attempt by Estrada. Can't get it into right field, a base hit. And a second run of the night for the Padres. RBI single, Hassan Kim, and it's 7-2.
1: And that would be it. That was as close as the Padres would get. Juan Soto followed, hit into a game ending 4-6-3 double play. Final totals here tonight for the Giants. Seven runs, 10 hits, no errors for the Padres. Two runs, seven hits, and three errors. Giants left on seven. Padres left on nine. Giants four for 10 with runners in scoring position. Padres went just three for 11 with runners in scoring position with again, uh, two of those hits coming, uh, late in the ball game. Uh, for the Padres, the winner, Sean Manaya the former Friar. Five and five on the year, the loser, Pedro Avila, who drops to 0-2. Let's go downstairs and hear some post-game reaction.
0: Let's take a trip down to the Padres Clubhouse and hear from Padres manager Bob Melvin, presented by Sinley Food. Find your next cooking adventure at Sinley Food, 4665 El Cajon Boulevard, the Cook's Asian resource.
3: I'm not sure if it matters at this point, but what does it mean to you that tonight in a lot of ways was kind of a new level of not very good baseball? Yeah,
4: I mean, the beginning and kind of how the first six or seven innings went is about as probably as bad as we played. We We don't hurt ourselves defensively too much and we put Pedro in a bad spot. He only ended up, what, one earned run? So we didn't play defense very well in the beginning of the game and just didn't have a good feel for it overall. So can't explain it.
3: So you just can't explain it. And, and games like this do happen, but that it's happening now, like you come home and the bad road trip. And I just, do you make anything
4: of it? Well, I mean, this is a team that if, if we're ever, we're going to have a chance here, you know, in front of us, a four game series against these guys, it's it's a real opportunity. Amongst a lot of opportunities we've had here recently, and the fact that you looked up today and what were we seven seven games back or something like that kind of feels like a miracle at this point that we keep you know somehow being in it, so yes, it was very disappointing how we started the game today and really how the game went in general. I know you said you couldn't explain it, but you ex- did the this the sloppy
5: play is that you think of I mean that happens over the course of a season, but for it to happen now is that concerning given. Kind of what he meant. Yeah, I mean, look, it. it
4: Matt hasn't played a ton of first. He, he's played some, trying to give Coop a day off, and and you know, Batten has played all the different positions. He's a good defender for the most part. Just had a a tough game over there to start, so that certainly played into it some as as far as Pedro's line. But the inning itself got away from us, and it felt like. We had a a long way to go, down 6-0 after three innings, and and just did not have a good tone to the game at all.
5: Did you think Avila and Waldron, for the most part, pitched pretty well tonight?
4: Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, we we could have been out of the inning a little bit earlier. Waldron came and did a great job in in not having to use some bullpen because we didn't have too many guys available today. So all in all, you know, it wasn't, wasn't as much that. It was defense and lack of offense.
1: That was Padres manager Bob Melvin from down by the clubhouse here at Petco Park after the Giants beat the Padres 7-2 in the series opener of this four-game set. Sam Levitt back with you here inside the loft at the Western Metal Building at Petco Park as we wrap this one up. Yeah, it's a tough spot for Bob Melvin, and they're hard questions to answer because uh, tonight did not look great. There's no way around it. The sloppiness uh, defensively, especially in that third inning. Now, Matthew Batten, who has not played a ton of first base and especially has not played a ton of first base here at the Major League level, he had a tough night uh, in that third. Remember, that third inning all started with an error on Baden. Lamont Wade Jr. hit a pretty sharp ground ball to first base, but one certainly that Baden uh, should have corralled. It was an error Wade reached, and that was the start of it. And the straddle of the single, Peterson, a one-out RBI single. Yastrzemski, one-out RBI single. Then another error on the catch uh, across the diamond from Manny on Baden. Then the bunt single wasn't played particularly great. Uh, the the play with Kim up the middle on the ball hit by Sable. Again, tough play for Kim um, you know tried to play it on the short hop on the backhand and I would imagine Hassan would probably say uh, that's a ball that at the very least he can't allow to bounce into the outfield than it did so look whether it was errors whether it was uh, not playing the balls correctly um, it was a very tough defensive inning for the San Diego Padres and then look offensively there wasn't a lot to tell you about here tonight they got the two runs late in the eighth and the ninth but they were down six nothing after two and a half they were down. Uh, seven nothing after four and a half innings and with the way things are going right now yeah it didn't look great out there here tonight Uh, and the Padres are now a season low 11 games below 500 and they've dropped three in a row so it does not get any easier and that is how the month of August concludes unfortunately for the Padres and to give you an idea the Padres went 10 and 18 in the month of August and a month where you hope they could finally get hot go on that elusive run we have all been waiting for all year and especially and we talked about it a ton as of a few weeks ago all these series against teams in front of them and in the mix in the nl wild card race and certainly you heard bob melvin uh, allude to it there look uh, you know if the padres have any any chance right i mean this is the team right now sitting in that third wild card spot and hey you go sweep them i don't know i mean maybe you kind of get back into this thing but I mean, right now, 11 games below 500. I mean, we can talk postseason. We can talk. I mean, you know, to me at this point, and I'm sure for you out there, and and I would imagine anybody who's who's being honest about this right now, I mean, just getting back to 500 has to be a main goal right now. At 62 and 73, uh, the odd thing about the defense, and it, and it's not just tonight. This has been. A sloppier defense for the last couple of weeks. I don't totally know what to make of it. The Padres have played mostly good defense this season. Through their first 123 games, they had 49 errors. That was tied for the fourth fewest in Major League Baseball during that span. Including tonight, their last 12 games, they've committed 15 errors. That's actually the most in the Major Leagues. Uh, during that span so uh, the defense has not been as crisp lately again what do you make of that is that you know a a function of what's been going on here you know over the the course of the last couple of weeks is it uh, just a function of a team you know not playing as crisp baseball and that'll happen over a period of time I don't know but it is what it is and certainly the defense has not been as crisp Uh, as of late for this Padres team and it showed up in a big way here tonight uh, especially in that six run third for the San Francisco Giants and again all you have to know about that inning is that Avila got charged with six runs and only one of them was earned so a tough one here tonight for the Padres no doubt about it there was a bright spot in uh, matt waldron the way he pitched here tonight uh, but uh, the padres ultimately final score is what matters and they lose seven and 2 we'll come back with much more on our post game coverage after this from petco park on the padres radio network
2: 30, 60 first guy ever yeah 30 30 i guess is the normal way to say it but he's now 30 60. line drive to right caught by tatis peterson is out And the Giants go 1-2-3 against Matt Waldron here in the fourth inning.
1: Matt Waldron certainly a bright spot in this game for the Padres here tonight. He went five innings, one earned run given up, but the Padres dropped to the San Francisco Giants 7-2 in this series opener here at Petco Park. Sam Levitt with you here inside the loft at the Western Metal Building at Petco Park. Everybody has cleared out of the loft after enjoying all their beverages and games of pool, and uh, Petco Park is cleared out uh, here on this, uh, what day is it? It's baseball season. Losing track of the day is Thursday. It's a Thursday, yes. Friday, Saturday, Sunday as we uh, enter Labor Day weekend here. Friday, Saturday, Sunday against the Giants. And then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday against the Philadelphia Phillies. This was game one of a seven-game homestand. Like I said in the pregame, win or lose, hey, every baseball season is precious. And uh, if you haven't come out to a Padres game this summer, highly encourage you to do so. Come out, have a good time at the ballpark. Uh, Trust me, trust me. When we get to December, January, you'll be looking outside You know, here in San Diego, we don't have snow. Growing up in New York, I had snow, so you you really felt like winter and you really felt like baseball was far away. But, you know, it'll be Christmas time, New Year's, you know, mid-January, and you'll be thinking, all right, spring training, month away. Here we go. I'm ready. I can't wait for baseball to be back. So my point is, come out to the ballgame. Have a good time, regardless wins or losses. Enjoy it while you can. Every baseball season is precious, is my point. We recap this one. Padres have lost three in a row now. They dropped to 62 and 73. Giants pick up their 70th win of the season. They're now 70 and 64. We kind of spoiled it a little bit, but let's tell you about our ace pitcher of the game.
0: Which pitcher was dealing today? (laughs) Let's find out who's today's. Ace Pitcher of the Game, brought to you by The Grilling Store at Hillcrest Ace Hardware. From Traeger and Weber to the Big Green Egg, all your grilling and barbecue needs are inside The Grilling Store at Hillcrest Ace Hardware.
2: 1-2 hit on the ground, slowly to the left side. Manny handles the in-between hop beautifully. Throw to first is perfect and in time. And the Giants go 1-2-3 here in the top of the seventh inning.
1: Matt Waldron. Our ace pitcher of the game in this loss here today certainly deserves it. Five innings, one earned run given up, three hits. Walked nobody, struck out four, 76 pitches. The only run he gave up, the home run to Yastremski in the fifth inning. And you know what? I mean, give him credit, right? He entered in the fourth, and it was a six-run game. It became a seven-run game. He kept it. A seven-run game for a while. Allowed the Padres to get the run in the eighth inning and the ninth inning to make it seven to two. Kind of hang around a bit. And he was great. Five innings, one run. And most importantly, meant that the Padres didn't have to use any additional arms out of that bullpen aside from Ray Kerr, who came on and threw 16 pitches in a scoreless ninth inning. So good job. Very, very good job by Matt Waldron. And even in this 7-2 loss, he certainly deserves in my mind ace pitcher of the game very nice job by matt here today coming in and delivering five very very solid innings of relief and again the bullpen part of it moving forward in this series and on this homestand that's an important part of what he did and also look i mean as we enter september today was the final day of august august 31st hard to believe tomorrow is september 1st just a couple of hours away here but if you want to you know if if you've kind of decided in your mind that uh, maybe postseason baseball isn't happening here in 2023 for the San Diego Padres and you know I can't argue with you sitting at 11 games below 500 entering September but if you want things to to you know really kind of examine I mean these a night like this there are things to really look at right I mean Pedro Avila um Two scoreless innings, got in trouble in the first inning after there were two outs, nobody on, then struck out the side in the second. Uh, obviously was not helped out by his defense at all in the third. Six runs, only one of them was earned against Davila. And in the process, he threw 77 pitches in three innings. So that's primarily why he came out of the game and a ton of pitches uh, in that third inning after uh, a long first inning as well. But look, I I do hope, whether it's in a starter's role, and I would presume with the injuries going on, it probably will be for Pedro Avila. Uh, I'm interested to see what Pedro Avila does. I, I feel like he's turned heads around here with what he's done in relief, even the outing last weekend against Milwaukee. Remember, the final line was not really indicative of what the game was. He went four scoreless innings and then ran into trouble in the fifth inning, got charged with five runs in the fifth inning. So he was good for a while. Um, you know, and also, you know, was coming out of the bullpen. And, you know, now as it gets deeper into an outing, who knows, maybe tiring a little bit. But from my perspective, I, I do want to see what Pedro Avila can do. I do want to see even somebody like a Matt Waldron, what they can do going into 2024. And we know that depth is really important. And that will still ring true next season. Depth is really important. So if you view Pedro Avila as somebody who could be in your bullpen next year, even be in your rotation next year, battle at least for a starting spot in your rotation next year, depending on what you do in the offseason. Guys like Matt Waldron, who knows? You know, these are guys that you might need over the course of 162 next year. So my point being, those are things to really pay attention to. And, you know, for, for these guys, guys like Avila and Waldron, there's a lot at stake here you know even guys like matthew batten you know anybody who comes up from triple a el paso and is trying to establish themselves uh, in the major leagues i mean these these kinds of opportunities for these guys amidst the struggles of this team and amidst the injuries now which are all of a sudden really piling up and again we'll hear from you darvish coming up a little bit later these are important moments for these guys. So again, just something to keep in mind as as we get into September here. And, you know, we see Pedro Avila appear in more games and guys like Matt Waldron and Ray Kerr certainly in that in that conversation too. And Ray's had some really nice moments this year, some tough moments as well. But from a stuff perspective, I think Ray Kerr is very, very intriguing throwing high nineties velocity from the left side. I mean, um I'm interested to see somebody like him too. So just a a thought for you as we wrap this one up we'll step aside we will take some of your phone calls here tonight 833-288-0973 again 833-288-0973 the phone number to call we'll give out more of our nightly awards we will hear from you, Darvish, maybe hear from Fernando Tatis Jr. as well. Replay some of the audio we had pregame because it's uh, still uh, timely right now with the Darvish injury and all that. Final score: Giants seven, Padres two. More after this on the Padres radio network. Me, Our postgame show continues here on the Padres radio network. Sam Levitt with you inside the loft here at the Western Metal Building at Petco Park as we wrap this one up. Giants win it 7-2 to over the Padres as the Padres have now lost three in a row. They drop the opener of this four-game set and this seven-game homestand. Padres, two runs, seven hits, three errors. And the Giants, seven runs, ten hits, and no errors. Giants using that. A big six-run third inning, some sloppy defense behind Pedro Avila. Six runs came in, just one of them earned against Avila in that third inning. And San Francisco never looked back. Mike Gastremski, a home run in the fifth inning. They took a 7-0 lead. Padres would get one in the eighth inning on an RBI double by Garrett Cooper, one in the ninth inning on a single by Hassan Kim. The score a run, and that was it, 7-2, to two, the final score here tonight and the Padres struggled against Jacob Junis the starting pitcher uh, for the Giants four innings no hits given up for Junis in fact the Padres did not have a base hit in this game into it until, a, until a, a two-out single by Matthew Batten in the fifth inning it was that kind of night not great on the defensive side and not great at the plate either for the Padres here tonight well the one Piece, I suppose, of good news for the Padres today. I, I should say relatively positive news because it's still obviously an issue, and you Darvish is on on the IL, which you don't want. But after the Padres put you Darvish on the IL uh, a few days ago, uh, he was further examined, and uh, here was the update from Padres manager Bob Melvin before the game: the update on that right elbow for you Darvish. Inflammation.
4: Got a cortisone shot. There is a spur in there that he's had, so there's some changes in the bone a little bit. But he's, you know, the cortisone shot hopefully alleviates uh, the inflammation. it will be down three to five days, and we'll see what, where we go from there.
1: Sounds like that's about as good a report as you could get at this point.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's t- we we're not sure yet. So you know, within three to five days, we'll have a better idea. He's had some issues with his elbow before, so you know, sometimes it's really tough to tell what's going on.
1: Yeah, so it sounds like the Padres still, and obviously this is the right thing to do, especially with where they're at right now in the season and what the record is, playing it very cautious with Yu Darvish. You heard there the news about the bone spur. Here was Yu Darvish talking about uh, the update on his elbow. This is through translator Shingo Hori.
3: So there's some relief in a sense that there's nothing going on with the ligament. Um, you know, we talked with uh, Dr. Meister and, uh, you know, he assured me that uh, there's nothing wrong there, so that was kind of a relief for me. The spur has been there for a while. How long has that been there, and kind of is that why sometimes you? Well, even from January, I saw the a little different. And the bones around So there are two or three of them. not clear which one is the one So I hit this shot. So I think the images are a little bit changing from when we got that back in January. Uh, there's possible, uh, like, um, there's some possible, uh, there's some, pain could be coming from, like, a couple of uh, different places. So, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see where that's coming from. And I think the Corazon shot would help that. So, um, has it gotten worse, and might there be something you do in the off-season to get it fixed? Uh, yeah, I mean, it depends on how you know my elbow reacts to the cortisol shot, but you know, hopefully, it's not something you know um, more
1: serious. So. So that was Yu uh, Darvish talking about his elbow, the bone spur, and uh, all of it. The cortisone shot as well. That was through translator Shingo Hori. Yu uh, Darvish was asked a little bit later about coming back to pitch this season, or would he potentially consider shutting things down, considering how this season is currently transpiring for the Padres. Again, this was Yu Darvish uh, through translator Shingo Hori.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's my job to go out there, you know, I'm being paid to go out there and pitch and, you know, um, I feel like it may be disrespectful in a way, you know, if I try, if I don't try my best to come, come back out there. But, you know, at the end of the day, if I can't come back, you know, that's that. But, um, you know, we'll see how things go.
1: So that was you Darvish through translator Shingo Hori talking about uh, the update on his elbow, the bone spur, the quarter zone shot. And it sounds like we'll continue to get more information on you Darvish. And, and look, I, I do think it's both with Joe Musgrove and you Darvish and, and we'll find out more in the days to come with both those guys. And Joe is still playing catch uh, out to 70 feet. We heard that from Bob Melvin earlier today as well. Um, I do think it'll be interesting depending on what happens here in the next couple of weeks, as far as the Padres, their record, uh, how far they are out of a wild card spot, you know, would that influence, a decision, you know, to, to rush these guys back at all. You would certainly understand Uh, the cautious nature with both those guys, considering how much they mean to this team in 2024 and moving forward. But that was the update here today from you, Darvish. And it sounds like we'll continue to uh, get further information about you uh, following this cortisone shot and uh, how he's feeling in the coming days and uh, what the next steps may be for you, Darvish. Again, the final score, Giants 7, Padres 2. Let's tell you about our relief pitcher of the game.
0: Which pitcher was able to come in and slam the door shut? It's time for the relief pitcher of the game in support of the Jacobs and Cushman San Diego Food Bank, providing food assistance to local children, families, and seniors in need. To get help or give help, visit DiegoFoodbank.org.
1: Our relief pitcher of the game here tonight will stay on the positive side of things for the Padres. How about Ray Kerr? Gave up. A one-out triple to Mitch Hanegar, but that was it. Scoreless inning, 16 pitches, so keeping it positive here with the awards tonight. And otherwise, not a a game where there was a lot of positives to pull away for the Padres. Ray Kerr will be our relief pitcher of the game. Nice job by Ray. Like I said earlier, that's something that, you know, if I'm a Padres fan, I'm, I'm keeping an eye on right now and how those guys like Kerr and like Waldron and like Avila perform because you never know uh, where they could be as far as uh, this team in 2024 competing for roster spots come spring training uh, next year in Arizona. And uh, Ray Kerr, certainly, again, uh, these uh, these innings and these appearances, they mean a lot to The guys uh, that pitched tonight, Avila, Waldron, and Kerr. Nice job by Ray Kerr. A scoreless ninth inning for Kerr. Now let's tell you about our player of the game.
0: Which player had the biggest impact on today's game? Let's find out who is today's player of the game. Presented by Valley View Casino and Hotel. Catch every game at Patties and Pints. Plus, enjoy $4 beer every Thursday. Visit valleyviewcasino.com today.
1: Player of the game here tonight. I can't go with the Padre. We've got to go with the Giant. It will be Mike Yastrzemski. Two hits in this game. Couple of runs scored. They had the home run in the fifth inning. Solo shot. RBI single as part of that six-run third. Nice offensive night for the Giants. Right fielder Mike Yastrzemski. He's our player of the game here tonight on the Padres radio network. I talked about it during my Keys to the Game segment earlier. And I talked about Jock Peterson as well. And I said that. Controlling both those guys would be a big key in this game tonight. And it was true. Mike Kastrzemski entering today in 60 career games against the Padres. A two hundred ninety-nine career hitter against them. 13 doubles, 9 home runs, 30 RBIs, and a nine hundred thirty nine OPS. So I'd have to recalculate the average here, and I'll do it for tomorrow. But now in 61 games, he's hitting... Possibly over 300 against the Padres in his career. 13 doubles, 10 home runs, 32 RBIs, and somewhere well over a 900 OPS. He has been a real problem for the Padres. Mike Gostremski, Jock Peterson as well. Now, Peterson didn't have a home run here tonight. Peterson did have a couple of base hits and an RBI, so a good day for Jock Peterson. But Peterson... Entered today, again, I talked about this pregame, his 10 career home runs at Petco Park, the most he has at any other ball, uh, excuse me, uh, I should say any ballpark other than Dodger Stadium and uh, Oracle Park in San Francisco. His 21 career home runs against the Padres are his most against any team and the sixth most against the Padres among active players. So again, talked about those two guys, Yastrzemski and Peterson, and they both did indeed hurt the Padres here tonight with the bats we'll step aside here on the Padres radio network when we come back we'll get to your phone calls 833-288-0973 833-288-0973 quick look at the out of town scoreboard get you ready for tomorrow we'll also rewind a little bit hear what Fernando Tatis jr had to say before the game because I did think there were a couple of interesting answers from Fernando on a, a couple of items before today's game so if you missed that pre-game we'll uh, revisit what Fernando had to say inside the clubhouse before today's game and wrap this one up final score Giants 7 Padres 2 back in a moment to Petco Park on the Padres radio network <laughs> Our postgame show continues here on the Padres Radio Network. Final score here tonight in this series opener between the Padres and the Giants. San Francisco 7, San Diego 2 as the Giants win this series opener against the Padres. First pitch tomorrow at 6.40 p.m. 5.40 Eco Water SoCal Padres pregame show start time. We'll see if the Padres can snap a... uh, Three-game losing skid now, two in St. Louis, one here back at home against the Giants. By the way, it will be Tristan Beck starting tomorrow's game for the Giants. So Beck on the mound for the Giants. It'll be Michael Waka on the mound for the Padres tomorrow. Giants and Gabe Kapler apparently just announcing that a handful of minutes ago that it will be Tristan Beck on the mound tomorrow for San Francisco. The rest of the pitching matchups in this series – Saturday, Blake Snell against Kyle Harrison, young lefty that just came up a couple of weeks ago for the Giants. And on Sunday, Seth Lugo against Alex Cobb. So a couple of lefties on Saturday, a couple of righties on Sunday. Then it's against the Phillies Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. As we really enter this Labor Day weekend, very hard to believe. September begins tomorrow in just about an hour and a half, and Labor Day weekend is here. It goes by quick, doesn't it? Let's go to the phones, 833-288-0973, 833-288-0973. And again, we will revisit some of Fernando Tatis Jr.'s comments from earlier today inside the Padres clubhouse. I do want you to hear that in case you missed it. But let's go to Carlsbad. It's Dan leading us off here tonight on the phones. Hi, Dan. Welcome to the Padres postgame show. How are you? Hey, Sammy. How are you doing? I'm doing well.
5: You are an absolute saint for being as positive as you are every <laughs> single night with this team, every single pregame with this team. It's tough to watch. I'll tell you what. I went to the second game of the year against the Rockies. We lost Thursday. We lost Friday. And I told my friends, I, I said, I'm i not coming back until I see uh, a little bit of passion in this team, a little bit of life. And they dragged me back there tonight. And it was the same story. And I've watched the Dodgers the last three nights. And if you want to watch some good baseball, some real baseball, they put pressure on the other opponent. They they do the right thing all the time. The Giants are are another team that does that. It doesn't matter who the name is on the back of the uniform. They played the game the right way. And that's a 100% organizational failure by the San Diego Padres, and it starts with A.J. Preller, the guy at the top. And it's very sad that Peter Seidler has invested as much as he has in A.J. and has continued to right. you, you him. Yeah. I want to hear
1: what you have to yeah, say you got, Yeah, Dan, you're going, you're going a little in and out. I think uh, you're fumbling with your phone a little bit. Thank you for the phone call. I, I think we uh, got the, the general uh, gist of what you were saying. Um, you know, look – you know, whatever fingers you want to point at whomever right now, this season has not gone anywhere according to plan. You know, I was I was thinking about it earlier. You know, imagine if somebody had told you, entering the month of September, let's go back to spring training. Imagine if somebody had told you that this team would be 500. You probably would have said no way, right? Well, that's that's awfully disappointing. 500 team's supposed to win 90 something games this team's supposed to compete with the dodgers for a division crown they're going to enter september 11 games below so look it's 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 kind of a zoom out moment and you, you just sort of say wow and it is hard to believe um look there's a lot of finger pointing going around in a lot of different directions right now and hey that comes with the territory and that comes with the jobs and that comes with uh uh, you know, the players and the money and, and all of it. Um, I wish I had the answers. Uh, I think at this point, no matter what, you know, what finger pointing you want to do, like, and I, I said this earlier on the station uh, earlier this week. I mean, they just, they one way or the other, they have to figure out what happened here and make sure it doesn't happen again in 2024 or anywhere close to it. So whatever soul-searching needs to be done on whatever levels for this team and this roster, um, look, it's going to be a fascinating off season to see what happens and, um, and, and, you know, how different elements are addressed in all of it. And, and, look, that's what comes with a season like this. It's been a very, very disappointing season, very. Um, and I feel for the fans who have showed up in droves, and they've been amazing. They really have. I don't just say that. They've been awesome. They've sold out this building more than 50 times this season, and, and they deserve better than, than what this has been. And, you know, the thing about it, too, is that it, it just it, it never really got going here. I mean, they went under 500. Remember, they played in April, so-so baseball, sort of hovered around 500. you know, and, and at that point people were frustrated, you know, because they, they wanted this team to get off to a much quicker start, and they weren't seeing it. And then they dip below 500 on uh, May 11th was the last day they were there at 19 and 19, and they haven't been back since. And if we're being real, I mean, the the clock is ticking for them to even do that to get back to 500. I mean, 11 games below with a month left. I mean, that's a a very tall order for a team that has not shown the ability to play the kind of baseball it would require to even get back to 500. So even that – is looking extremely challenging right now. So, look, I I know there's a lot of finger-pointing going on right now. Um, That's what comes with with these situations. I just hope that, you know, that there's a real assessment of of why this is all gone the way it's gone and, and how do you prevent it from happening again. The bottom line is this, is like, and I've said this to some people, you know, could there be, changes roster wise or a uh, you know a big trade of one of your stars I guess I guess it's possible Um, I don't know that it's likely I think you know are there going to be different faces on this team next year yeah yeah you know could Blake Snell Josh Hader not be here next year and go elsewhere in free agency absolutely Um, could the Padres move some pieces and make trades and and there are guys that have got a lot of starts here that you may not see here or, or doing at least that next year for sure um but I do think I mean the core, the stars, I mean, for the most part, unless something crazy happens that you don't foresee, it's gonna be pretty much the same core of guys and the guys that you brought here for a long time. So, you know, look, I, I look at next year as as another really good opportunity for this organization with some some unbelievable talent here. Um and I'm sure it will be a different looking team in some aspects as well, but the core I think is going to be you know if if you know if if there's something crazy that happens I mean obviously look so does the free agent at the end of next season I have no idea what happens with all that I have no idea you know if they will look or or entertain the idea of moving him I don't know, um, but you know even if something like that happened your core is still your core like you know Manny Xander Tatis. I mean, the, the, these guys are, are going to be the guys that that you rely on next year to absolutely lead the way. So, to me, it's like it, it's about it's about making sure it doesn't happen again. Um, you know, I, I avoid finger pointing. I do. Um, I know a lot of it's going on at, right now, but uh, you know, you got to figure it out as a as a roster, as players, as an organization. Um, you know, there have been so many weird elements to this season, the struggles in close games and extra innings and all of it. And and despite having a lot of really good things happen, relatively good health until recently, Ha-Sung Kim being amazing, starting pitching, being among the best in baseball, the season you got from Blake Snell, the seasons you've got from Lugo and Waka, it, it, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. And I think the goal has to be to, to make a season make sense next year, make it make sense in a good way. So we'll see, um, Dan. And uh, you know, I know that was a very long answer, but uh, unfortunately, I don't think there's a simple answer right now for for what's transpired here in uh, in 2023. All right. Speaking of next year, that was some of what I asked Fernando Tatis Jr. about inside the clubhouse earlier today, and I thought there were a couple of really interesting answers here from Fernando. So here was a little bit of what Fernando. Uh had to say, and before we get to Fernando, I just want to uh, address uh, another thing Dan said just about my positivity. Look, if you listen to me enough, yes, I tend to lean to zoom out and look at the big picture of the season. You know, this year it's been hard. It has because hasn't been a whole lot to smile about. And, you know, e- e- I'll say this, even though uh, I try to stay positive, I also, and if you listen to me every night, I think I do this, try to be real and be honest and, um really have a a mix of that, you know, being real, but also zooming out. And, you know, I think that's part of my role in particular uh, here on the post games and uh, the pregames is to, is to zoom out a little bit, try to keep some perspective, but Hey, I also got to be real with you. And I think I've done that throughout this season uh, as the struggles have continued for this club. All right. Back to Fernando. Here was some of what Fernando Tatis Jr. had to say in the clubhouse before today's game. Fernando, uh, obviously baseball's a, a long season. Coming off the surgeries, physically entering this final month, how are you feeling?
6: I feel really good. I feel, I feel, I feel like my body is getting better uh, through, through the days, through the month, and, uh, you know, I've been working as hard as I can since I came off those surgeries from, you know, four surgeries under my belly in the offseason. Uh, didn't had as much of a spring training as I wanted, and being here where I'm at today, I, I feel like uh, Accomplish a lot this year. I know next
1: season is next season. There's still a final month here left, but does that excite you? The potential of of having kind of a. A normal spring training next year, coming off this season, and, and what you could do in 2024.
6: Not just spring training. I feel like for me, the biggest part of of who I am during the season is my off-season workouts. You know, what the workouts that I put out there, out there in, in my island, in my country. You know, I just every, every I feel like every off-season, I succeed every. Uh, I succeed every goal that I wanted uh, in terms of my body, in terms of getting it better for a season, and I feel like. I'm definitely looking forward to possibly my, my best off season so far.
3: How would you evaluate?
6: I mean, the uh, season's not over yet, so maybe it's early to be asking this question. But to this point, how would you evaluate how personally the season's gone for you and how you felt? You know, I'm proud. I'm proud. I'm not going to play like, uh, numbers or whatever it is, but I'm just proud of, of the work that I have put in, of how I carried myself during this year, uh, the challenge that I have faced, You know, the, the way that I have faced them. And you know, I'm I'm just proud of the work that I put in every single day, and just go going through this grind daily, and having some positive results.
1: That was Fernando Tatis Jr. inside the Padres clubhouse earlier today. And look, the the numbers for Fernando, um, you know, and again, it's it's different situations. I mean, 2021, he played in 130 games. He's going to end up playing in. More than that uh, this season, uh, a bit more than that. Again, he didn't play until April 20th, obviously, because of uh, uh, the suspension, the time remaining. But look, you, you look at his numbers from 21, 42 homers, 97 RBIs, uh, 975 OPS. I mean, he, he was tremendous, right? He missed a little time, played 130 games. I mean, he put up those numbers in 130 had he played a full, you know, 160-something games um, you know those numbers would have, you know, he, he might get to fifty home runs and one hundred twenty RBIs, and you know, you're looking at just a, an amazing, amazing season. I, I guess what stood out to me from listening to to Fernando today, you know, as he struggled here in the second half. I mean, look, he, he's going to end up with with a pretty nice offensive season. Right now, it's two sixty three batting average. The OPS is what is way below where he was in prior years. I mean, again, his OPS numbers, 2019, 969, 2020, 937, 2021, 975. This year, it's 782. So he is nearly 200 points below an OPS where he was in 21, 20 home runs, 67 RBIs, 114 games. Um, Again, I, I, I just, I think the reality for Fernando this season, a couple of things. Number one, coming off the surgeries, Coming off, missing an entire year, um, learning a brand-new position, which he's played a gold Glove caliber right field, and I do think you have to factor that into what his season has been when you fairly evaluate it. Um, You know, maybe no surprise that it's been tougher in the second half as he has to deal with playing a full season for the first time in a while. Um, And then hearing him talk about the offseason work again, Last year was not a normal off season coming off the surgeries. This year should be, you know, where he's got a a real off season to prepare how he how, how he typically likes to prepare. So, I just thought it was an interesting answer and I wanted to ask him that about 2024 and how he views it and, you know, obviously, look, he's he's I thought as far as the suspension and the heckling and all of it has handled a lot of that really really well and I've said it before that I think from the day he spoke in that dugout last summer alongside AJ Preller talking about his suspension for the first time and what was obviously a very difficult day for Fernando I've really felt like that point forward he's he's done everything right and he's handled it really really well so to me like what what this year is what it isn't I'm you know, I'm interested to see what next year really is for Fernando. That, that's what I'm really interested in, because I think a, a full off season of preparing how he needs to prepare, not coming off surgeries and not having coming off a, a year where he didn't play for a full season. I it, it excites me to think of him getting back to that 21 type form. And also playing great defense, too, you know, wherever that might be, so. That was I just thought it was interesting, comments from Fernando earlier today. If you missed it, wanted to make sure uh, you heard them. Before we get to the out-of-town scoreboard play of the game, wrap things up here on the Padres Radio Network, I do have a shout-out to get to. I've got three guys that came to say hello earlier inside uh, the Western Metal Building before my pregame show. Mario, Jose, and Gio came to say hello. And it was pretty funny because I believe Mario was the guy who – listens to 97.3 the fan all the time and one of the other guys was giving him a hard time saying you still listen to the radio fm am and mario was like of course come on so shout out to you mario and i told jose and Gio, i said hey if i give you a shout out i mean now you gotta listen now you gotta you gotta lock it in on the uh, car stereo okay you gotta tune in now so hope you're listening mario jose and Gio, and hopefully uh And uh, the other two, Jose and Gio, hopefully we've created new listeners with my shout-out. Always building our audience here on the post-game show, Padres Radio Network. Let's take a look at the out-of-town scoreboard here tonight.
0: Let's go around Major League Baseball and take a look at the scores you need to know from across the country. This is the out-of-town scoreboard presented by Jensen Meat, where great taste meets integrity. Locally produced in San Diego since 1958.
1: We take a look at a quick out-of-town scoreboard. There were only three other games going on tonight. One earlier today, Tigers beat the Yankees in 10, 4-3. Marlins beat the Nationals 6-1 in D.C. Jazz Chisholm Jr., a three-run home run in that game. And a really good series up in L.A. Tonight and through the weekend, the Dodgers and the Braves. Braves hung on to win it 8-7 to over L.A. Dodgers trailed 8 Four in that game they got two back in the seventh inning on a Michael Bush home run then a Mookie Betts home run and then a Max Muncie home run in the eighth inning made it eight to seven but they fall by that final score they could not complete the comeback Mookie Betts I mean how about this two guys that are competing fiercely right now for the National League MVP that's part of why this series is so intriguing Ronald Acuna Jr. in the second inning, hit a grand slam to make it 5-1 Atlanta. And with that grand slam, he became the first ever major league player to have a 30-60 season. 30 home runs now and more than 60 stolen bases. First ever in the history of Major League Baseball. He did it with a grand slam in LA. And oh yeah, by the way, it's August 31st. He's got a month to go amazing really is but then Mookie Betts after and I know I'm really recapping this here but I think this one was worth it Atlanta had a 7-1 lead Mookie Betts hit a three-run home run in the fifth inning to make it 7-4 and then Betts homered again so think about that for a second just as a baseball fan I know it's Dodger stuff and nobody loves that but just forget that for a second as a baseball fan you've got two guys fiercely competing right now for the MVP race in the National League. Mookie bets in this game, in this series opener, hits two home runs, and Acuna hits a grand slam. How about that? It's, uh, as, a, as a baseball fan purely, that's, uh, that's something. Anyway, Braves win it eight to seven over the LA Dodgers. So look, I told you about all that Dodgers loss. All you Padres fans out there, you should be happy now. Don't get mad at me, I'm just talking about baseball. That's a look at the out-of-town scoreboard on this Thursday around the major leagues. Only four games, very rare during the baseball season do you have a, a day with four games and that's it. I mean, we have, you know, days with not many games, but four seems very, very light on the schedule. Now let's hear our play of the game from this 7-2 win for the Giants over the Padres.
0: What was the crucial play that helped decide the outcome of today's game? This is the Play of the Game. Presented by Bill Howe Plumbing, heating and air, flood and restoration. Because we know how.
2: Peterson swings, lines it into left center field. That's a base hit. Ways rounding third on his way. Soto slides to cut it off. Throw goes into second base. That'll hold Peterson to a single. But it's an RBI single. And the Giants take a 1-0 lead here in the third inning
1: we give our play of the game to jock peterson rbi single in the third made it 1-0 first run of six scored in that third inning by the giants so why not Got the scoring started giants never looked back in the game after that 1-0 lead then 2-0 3-0 4-0 5-0 6-0 eventually 7-0 after the stremsky home run in the fifth inning that so that was our play of the game not all that exciting from the Padre perspective but tonight sort of is what it is taking a look at tomorrow same time same place first pitch at 6 40 here at Petco Park for game two of this three game or I should say four game series between the Padres and the Giants EcoWater Water SoCal Padres pregame show begins at 5 40 pitching matchup tomorrow like we told you Giants just announcing it'll be right-hander Tristan Beck on the mound for the Giants tomorrow, and on the mound for the Padres, right-hander Michael Waka. So Waka against Beck, first pitch at 640, and our pregame start time at 540. Taking a look at the final totals here tonight. For the Giants, seven runs, ten hits, no errors. They left on seven. For the Padres, two runs, seven hits, three errors. They left on nine. Winning pitcher Sean Manaya former Padre, improves to five and five. He allowed one run in three innings and a third of relief. Pedro Avila takes the loss. He drops to 0-2. Time of game, two hours, 51 minutes, and the crowd here at Petco Park on this Thursday, 36,639. That'll do it for our post-game show here on the Padres Radio Network. If you missed any of it, you can listen back to it on the Inside San Diego Baseball Podcast, available on the Odyssey app. Or wherever you find your podcasts. For our great studio coordinator, Nick Tanucci. I'm Sam Levitt, saying so long and good night from Petco Park. Again, the final score the San Francisco Giants, seven, and the San Diego Padres, two. We'll talk to you tomorrow here on the Padres Radio Network.